Dude, who cares about Switch when I discovered someone made HD texture packs for Thousand Year Door? Yeah. And I, I, I was like, just for shits and giggles, I decided to load it up on my Dolphin emulator. And I was like, oh, Wait, wow. so, but you own the game, so you loaded your own ISO in. Oh, yeah, dude. I own two copies of Paper Mario and the wow. Thousand Year Door. Yeah, okay, that, cool. That's like $160 if I sold both of them. Those games are actually worth a decent amount of money for some reason. Hmm, it's almost like good games appreciate in value when the market doesn't I don't think have... that's the case. I think there's something actually rare about Thousand Year Door. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's that it's a good game and it's not just like widely in circulation. But then right? I, I wondered though, I was like, how much better can an HD texture pack look of Thousand Year? Because I remember the game looking pretty good. And then I looked at a comparison screenshot and it's just, it looks like someone ripped out all the textures from Color Splash and then threw them in Thousand Year Door. And I'm like, oh my God, this is gorgeous. And, you know, I have it all up res to like 1440p and on 144 hertz. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks incredible. Are you telling me that you're going to play through all of the Thousand Year Door now? Probably. I, we'll see if it's if it's still as good as I remember. I mean, Paper Mario 64 was better than I remembered. So I, I could only assume that Thousand Year Door, because I, I learned last night that apparently the original Paper Mario was never a, actually localized for the U.S. Mm -hmm. It was localized within Japan. So it was just like a Japanese speaker who also spoke English translated it, and they did a great job. The writing in Thousand Year Door, I think, is better. Well, it's the first time they handed that... Uh, like something over to Nintendo Treehouse, apparently. So yeah, so I I'm gonna play, I I like I played all Bug Fables, which I think we'll do a garbage game club on maybe. Maybe I should also play Thousand Year Door. I wish to do that. We'll probably also do an episode on the new Paper Mario game that comes out yeah. next month. We're probably gonna do an episode on The Last of Us too. Where there there's so much. Oh my flies down. I there's played. So I played much. a little bit of Last of Us yesterday just to like. I was like, well, it's been a while. Like, I played it when I graduated high school, and so that was, what, 10 years, literally 10 years ago. Oh, my gosh, that literally 10 years ago. And, man, The Last of Us isn't fun to play. Like, the game just is bad, like, clunky. Yeah, that's why I don't have super fond memories. Everyone's like, oh, but the story. I did, I really I did play that the... Left Behind, that finally, because that was, like, the DLC I'd never played because it was included with the HD release. And it was good. Like, it was fine. It was, like, three hours long. I was like great i'm glad i don't have to do this for another 10 hours it is it was only so much that i could but man shooting in that game is awful moving around is awful taking cover is awful oh i i i mean i was never a giant last of us person but i was still gonna play two because 10 out of 10 perfect game yeah but I mean, you gotta play it. it's a masterpiece it's the only thing people can talk about yeah i mean i'm all for taking old types of games and then like making them new again just putting like a fresh cut of paint on them, trying to revitalize them. Or maybe just taking old games and then keeping them exactly the same and just maybe bringing them into a 1920 by 1080 generation. Can Side note, can people hear the dishwasher in the podcast? No. Cool. I Everybody, think, I think the, the dishes are going. I think the computer's a little bit louder than that, actually. 
Interesting. But, but that's fine. That's, it'll, it'll I, I, I don't want to ruin the fucking Steam engine that we're on about to talk about games that are mostly the same as their predecessor. Do we call them a spiritual successor? I think that's the official thing. Because we're here to talk about Ukulele, a game that uh, has been out for quite a minute. It's a game that I kickstarted. Did you kickstart this game, Nick? I did not kickstart. Nick did not kickstart this game. This is actually one of the few games I was this close to doing, and I was like, nah, I'll wait. Yeah, Nick kickstarts a bunch of bad stuff. and I, I kickstart good stuff. Yeah, no, Nick kickstarts a bunch of bad stuff, whereas the games that I've kickstarted have been exactly two. Um, it's been Ukulele and Diabotical. A plus spiritual successors. I'm a, I'm a spiritual successor person. I'm not over here making bad Mega Man games like Nick is. I'm not funding that shit. I didn't uh, fund that one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I didn't uh-huh. fund that one uh-huh. as he, much as I wanted to. So, Ukulele, uh, for those of you who've been around for a hot minute, you'll know that this is a game that I was excited when it came out because uh, I often identify Banjo as you one of Banjo. my favorite games of all times. Yes, nostalgia does play a large factor in that. I will openly admit that and call it out and say that that's the case. However, you know, I've Banjo is one of the games that I've played more than once. I can I can count on one hand the amount of games that I've played all the way through multiple times that are single player experiences. Banjo is one of them. Are you are you a Banjo Kazooie guy or a Banjo Tooie guy? I think I like Banjo Kazooie a little bit more, even though Banjo Tooie is a better game. Um, I'm a big fan of. I I feel like. Wow, there's like a bomber going over our house right now. That's wild. Maybe you can hear that airplane. Or maybe it's a tank outside. Yeah, I don't really know. Kirk oh my gosh, that was, like I could feel it in my stomach before I heard it. Ugh. Um, then a lot of distractions going on. I I, I love. I played Banjo three times. I played it when it came out on the three six uh, on the three sixty. Fuck me on the N sixty four. I played it on the three sixty when they had the rare remake that was up res, and I also played it on an emulated mobile phone in class. <laughs> so, the way banjo is meant the way, to be played. Yeah, I played it on like one of those Sony Xperia phones that like flipped out and had like. Oh hell yeah! I wanted one of those so bad. Yeah, you, there was zero need for it. Oh yeah, but you could emulate so much. But you could emulate so much. <laughs> one of those games that I emulated on it was banjo. I played the entirety of banjo on a cell phone. So like banjo is a game that like I have this strong emotional attachment to. So when they're like, we're gonna make ukulele. I'm like, I can only get so erect. And, you know, you always worry in the back of your head that games that are being remade, spiritual successor, old, it has the lineage of the old dev team. It has things you like, like, you know, Grant Kirkup coming to make music and old rare writers coming back to, to write more stuff. You worry, like, can it really capture the magic? Because, you know, the difference between 1995 and, and 2018 is, is a really wide gap and so much has evolved and changed and mm-hmm. is there really a market space for games like this anymore and the answer is unsatisfying because I think the answer is kinda I mean the the demand is only there for the people who want to back it on Kickstarter right like I think that's what we're seeing more and more nowadays that if there is a specific type of game that wants to be made but there's no longer enough of them you kind of bring that project to Kickstarter because you have an immediate install base. And what larger install base than 90s kids who now wish to relive their childhood because modern day sucks? Did you relive your childhood with ukulele? No. I don't think I did either. But I wanted to because ukulele is a game I've been putting off for a long time. It's a game that I purchased on Switch it's a game I'm pretty sure I have it on Steam, and then it's a game I ultimately played through on Game Pass on my Xbox One X because it's 4K up res with HDR. You gave them a lot of money. You're like the best investor. Well, 
Yeah, that's fine though. Like it's fine because I, I it feels like you're throwing money. Appre- like you only need one copy. I appreciate what they're doing is what I'm saying. But regardless, I was worried to play this game because I feel like it would kind of shine a light on Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie maybe not being good games because I've come to realize that maybe they're not great games. Maybe they're good games, but maybe they're not great games. And I was worried this would shine a light on that. And I'm happy to report that Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo and Tooie, great games. Ban- uh, ukulele, good game. Yeah, it's, and I don't know, I don't know if ukulele is just lacking, like, luster. Like, is it a polished thing? Is it an emotional caring thing? Is it games passing it by as a medium? Like, there's a lot of things that you can theorize as to why ukulele doesn't reach the same highs, even though it, it's very similar. Like, Maybe we just expect more now, and you can't get that out of old game types. Like, some things are evergreen, but there's a reason why you don't see those N64 character platformers, 3D platformers anymore, right? Like, could you put all the money behind a full AAA studio doing a banjo game and having it be the same thing in modern era? I don't think people know, and people don't really want to try, and that's why we haven't seen them. That's why Ukulele has to exist as a Kickstarter project and not as a Microsoft project, right? Like, we don't really know where we're at. And, you know, I, I had fun playing all of Ukulele. Yeah, I, me I, too. Think, I think there's, there's parts of it that are frustrating. There's, and it almost like the parts that are frustrating for me are parts that like are just find myself longing for more. Like I feel like a lot of criticisms come with like lack of funds or development time or just not an IP that I inherently care about. Cause let's talk about Yuka and Laylee. These are characters that do not capture a, a fraction of the charisma that Banjo and Kazooie do for a reason that I can't even quite properly articulate. Maybe it is so tied to nostalgia that like you just can't one up something that is that is so beloved. I, I yeah, I think you nailed it. Like it, for me, it's less so about the game. Like I think the gameplay is like fine. I think it it captures the magic with some caveats of Banjo Kazooie. But like you said, it lacks charm it lacks character which is odd though because i think the game is funny like it's funny in the way that i wished conquer was conquer relies so much on like potty humor and sexual humor that it feels like it's too edgy where this feels like it's clever like it's a look it's clearly more adult i mean you have a character who sells you abilities named trouser snake Mm -hmm. and i like that there's like tongue-in-cheek feels like a little more for teens but again it doesn't divulge it or it doesn't delve into like gratuitous like obscenity and and i like the line that it travels but yuka and Laylee just aren't interesting to me and i don't know why is it because they're color palettes like banjo kazooie the brown and red contrasted so nicely and in theory purple and green do too but it just doesn't complement it feels like they don't belong in the world to some extent like i couldn't tell you what the personality of yuka or Laylee is but i know the i know the dynamic between banjo and kazooie it's it's most the same dynamic, right? Like Laylee is is but sassy, they, but they didn't sell that though. Like I was like, wait, which one is the sassy one again? Did they flip it this time? I don't, I didn't, I didn't really see it. Yeah, it's it, it's hard to as I go back and like you know dabble with the game again. It's it's hard to to really be like, wow, I care about these characters. Even going through and playing Impossible Lair, it's like I don't really care about these characters. They're just like a vehicle for my movement, which is fine. 
because you know that's that that's a big knock between Yuka when you compare it directly to to Banjo, right? It, it's the character, but so much of the other stuff is still there. Like you know, there's an overworld, and you can argue that Ukulele might have the best overworld. That oh, I don't know. That no, 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 no. The be- you didn't let me finish. The best overworld that we've seen in like the last ten years, because mm-hmm. you don't really get that type of gameplay anymore. Like you know, Ma- Mario Odyssey didn't have it. Mario Odyssey, no. When's the last? When is the last time you've seen an overworld that's ukulele esque since Mario Sunshine? And I'd argue that Mario Sunshine and Banjo Kazooie have my two favorite overworlds. Period. Yeah. But like. When have you seen an overworld like that at all? Like it, it's just something that like doesn't exist in these type of games anymore. So you're like, wow, I still like this concept. I still wish that Mario kind of had an overworld. Without drawing the like, take a shot every time we mention it. But really, the only thing I could think of is Dark Souls, where it has a hub world that mm-hmm. feels fully fleshed out with entryways to these other worlds. Mm-hmm. But like. reflecting on that because i'm a big fan of hub world i'm a big big fan of hub world and reflecting on this one i don't like it i feel like the good the thing that marks a good hub world is the ability to know exactly where you are at any point in time and know exactly how to get to where you want to go and i feel like i was constantly losing track of where i was boy people would argue that by that metric that dark Souls is a horrible hub world well, d- but that's the thing i feel like there's nothing that stands out visually and the thing that's ironic is that the hub world in ukulele is pretty linear like mm-hmm. it goes from A to Z and it's all pretty on a straight path. But where I get confused is like the zigzags and trying to collect, you know, the pages that are off the hidden path. And then I'm like, wait, where am I? Nothing has particular charm that sticks out to me. So I have a hard time laying down those identifying landmarks that you use in something like Dark Souls that's a more convoluted. But I'd argue muscle memory builds much quicker in something like that because things stick out to me more. Everything all just kind of looks the same. Yeah, everything does kind of look the same, even though you go through your, your standard level progression of like, here's snow, here's spring, here's water. Like, and that, it, it feels formulaic. Here's space, right? Yeah. But like, it, it, my biggest criticism is actually like from those worlds. Like, everything feels a little bit empty and not lived in. Yeah, it, it again going back to the character character thing, the worlds lack any sort of individuality or personality. Like I I can recall every single aspect of Jolly Rogers Lagoon right now or the the Gruntilda's Carnival from Banjo-Tooie. But like everything in the world, I I would argue anything outside of World 1, the like the jungle safari-esque area feels kind of lackluster like the snow level just outright i didn't like that's the one i got the fewest pages in uh the space level i was expecting a lot more uh what else is there like uh, that's the casino level the casino level is a fun gimmick but i feel like it overstays its welcome and ultimately feels like you're waiting on these giant slot machines where it's like okay well i accidentally pressed the button at the wrong time now to do the entire slot thing over again like it just lacks that kind of i guess almost town feeling mm-hmm. of the other banjo like banjo games and i feel like i'm dunking on ukulele unnecessary i feel like i'm being overly critical because i like the game but like you said the, the worlds just feel empty mm-hmm. and i thought it would get alleviated with the addition of something i thought was brilliant 
was the expanding the grand tomes where you you kind of unlock a level and in like a banjo game that was it you paid your 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 jiggies and then you got into the world but in this you have the ability to see the basic structure and then when you collect even more pages you can go back and pay to expand them like you're adding pages to a book which i thought was a brilliant idea and seeing world one pre and post expansion is pretty dang cool when you see it for the first time because there's just this giant spire of a tower that extends from the back of the map and you see the entire world fleshed out which i thought was fun but after a while that it kind of just like oh you just turn something empty into something slightly more filled in yeah, I, I have really good and bad things to say about that mechanic. I think that it is the most interesting thing that ukulele introduces that, to my knowledge, hasn't been done before. Like, that, that's their gameplay evolution is to take a world and then expand mm -hmm. on it, which is cool. And I think that they did do some things right with it. But when you get to the full expanded world and then you look backwards to the, to the lesser world, you think like, huh, the first one just feels incomplete. Or if you're not like paying hyper attention to where everything's laid out, you might be like, well, what's new in the second one like mm -hmm. was i here before okay no i remember this but like where do i go to access the new parts and i think the developers design that aspect they want you to go into the world first before you expand it but because they're got to a point where i was just like all right i'm ready to just finish this game i started just expanding a world before i ever entered it for the first time and that really took away from the magic of it because then when i got into the expanded world i was just like Oh, this doesn't seem that big. <laughs> and I think the magic trick is seeing the small world going back and then adding to it like, whoa, this is crazy. But like, I don't know. The one that really felt like it was lacking was that swamp level. Mm -hmm. But I'm just like, this is just, you just added more places I can get hurt if I fall. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> um, one thing that ukulele does that I think Banjo has been not great about is bosses. I think the bosses in ukulele are genuinely fun. I think that they're tough, and I think that they uh, kind of rely on mechanics that are get introduced in levels. Which is a stark contrast from the rest of every other enemy encounter, which is like elementary school easy. Oh, it, it, there's it, no like, other enemies in the game as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, there's like people who like run at you and make noises, and you're like, well, time to whip my tail at them or like shoot an ice crystal. Like... It's like, why are they even here? Because it's like insultingly easy at points. And then the bosses come and you're like, oh, I have to like actually use the mechanics that I haven't practiced on people because there's nowhere to, to try them out. <laughs> yeah. So I love the slide boss in the first level. I think that one's so much fun. I love the octopus in the swamp. I loved, um, I loved just about every boss except for the last boss, which we don't have to get into right now. We can save that for the end. But I, I thought that... Every boss was genuinely good in the way that a lot of platforming these types of game bosses usually aren't, which was a pleasant surprise. Um, but like, I guess the the thing that you know, going back to comparing it to Banjo Kazooie, uh, it, it really is interesting how they kind of really capture the entire feel of the original game and transplant it into 20 what 2017 2016 when this came out and like down to the way people speak it always sounds like they're burping and farting which i think is very funny yeah just people make the sounds themselves 2017 it's been we've been three years out from ukulele it's genuinely awesome i i love all of the characters all of the characters who aren't ukulele except for you know 
this this is gonna be problematic in the year 2020 but i do miss my mumbo i do, i don't like ten, uh, tentacle lady i want my mumbo to transform me you don't, but, you don't like the but, vending machine you don't like vendy i like vendy i thought the tonics were such a fun addition i i like the idea of the tonics i wish i could mix and match them and not just be locked into one mm-hmm. um the n64 tonic was especially fun i thought that was such a cute addition um but what was interesting is this game marked Playtonics because this isn't a Rare game. The people from Rare split off to make a new studio called Playtonic. But the thing that was so clever and kind of tapping back into that clever writing that this thing captures is their ability to reference other games that they've done while also being very clear. This is not the game that we made. This is just a character kind of inspired by this character. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I love that like, there's a Jet Force Gemini character in the galaxy level, but it's also a commentary on like, hey, maybe you are actually the bad guys in Jet Force Gemini because you're colonizing other planets. I like that the adventurer is a skeleton who is just straight up a Saber Wolf ripoff. And people who are listening to this probably have never played Saber Wolf because they're not British. Uh, yeah, but I love that ukulele has an entire section in what is it world three I think or world two where it's just an isometric style saber wolf game where you are locked into a specific camera framing and you have to navigate the world like I thought that was so clever and I like that it's a company acknowledging their legacy while also turning it into something new and using it as set dressing instead of making an entire game about that. What makes ukulele a better game? Is it simply just having more money? Like, like is, is this a project that you feel like maybe isn't even the best representation of what it could be because to do something like this, you really need uh, a triple-A budget and not a single-A budget? I think it's taking the familiar and adding... Well, yes, definitely with a higher budget, the ability to pay... People are paying for the exact game they want, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that kind of locks in creative early on that allows people to iterate on the thing that people wanted in some interesting ways. So, like, in Banjo-Kazooie, you would collect the... What were they called? The the flying-colored... Jinjos. Jinjos. Jinjo! I like that you have that in this game, but I like that the twist is that every single Ghost Rider, that's what they're called in this one, has a unique rule set for how you get each one. Mm -hmm. There's always one that's hidden very cleverly in the city or in the world. There's always one that disappears and reappears that you have to stun. There's an aggressive one that will try to attack you and you have to avoid and hit. There's one you have to feed frozen pellets to and the other one you can just kind of get which is really cool, and it, again, is a fun zag to a familiar. Yeah, it's, it's evolving, which is cool, which I think we should expect. The, the growing world is evolving. There's concepts here that like, make stuff better, and I don't even know. Like, It has to be so hard to, from a development standpoint, make a game that people want because they want the old thing, but not just making that old thing because there's a reason why that old thing is old. Yeah, like I think I would have been bored if I just had to collect 100 uh feathers and then you know 10 jiggies or 10 pages per world that's not interesting to me make it a little tougher um but going back to the pagey thing versus jiggies i always felt like in banjo kazooie whenever i got a jiggy it felt like i did something important in the world it always felt like i was doing something like these weren't just handed out willy-nilly correct whereas in ukulele i feel like adding 25 pages per level really makes it feel like you just kind of like 
oh, I just found this one. Cool. Oh, I this dude wanted me to just hit this thing. Like my favorite pages were the ones where it was like, okay, I'm going to need you to go into this obstacle course. There's this maze where the walls will try and crush you. Never mind that. Try to get to the end of it. There's something there that I think you might like. Like I like stuff like that as opposed to, hey, there's this trash that's flying around. Do you want to just collect this trash? And I don't care. It's actually really easy. Just hit, just take the – you just found me. I'll give you the pagey. That's fine. Like I like working for it. And I think that if they brought that – pagey number down uh per world with the requirements for every world expanding and whatnot being adjusted accordingly i would have felt more importance there would have been more gravitas and i wonder how much of that is reliant on the idea of having worlds that can expand so they just have to inject pages in you know mm -hmm. that, that that was a, a thing that i noticed. i just felt like it didn't really matter in the long run do you even want if we zoom back out do you even want to play games like this anymore do you find yourself being like man i can really use a a 3d platform because i stand by mario odyssey being one of my other favorite games of all time if i had to make a top five list i think mario odyssey and banjo are both in it maybe there's, there's like room to argue like man i really also liked firewatch and portal and dark souls and hollow knight and these other things mm -hmm. not even talking about competitive games jesus christ but that's not the point the point being that like you know even just call it a top 10 you know banjo and mario odyssey are both there so clearly i still as a gamer um god i hate that word want these these types of experiences i i want to have crisp 3d platforming with with unique movement mechanics and discoverability and collectability i absolutely want that i want i want what this game is offering to me i just don't know that i like everything that it's feeding do other people though because like if if people want that then why are we only seeing this as a kickstarter project or as a nintendo first party ip that happens once every 10 years well i think right now we've kind of lost the way of the early ps2 late playstation era where every company was vying for a mascot for their company that would then be in their own character driven platform collectathon and i think it's harder and harder to establish those kinds of characters in 2020 because, you know, Mario's not going away. Mega Man, not going away. These, like, flags have been planted early on. So the fact that Ukulele has a sequel in The Impossible Lair is kind of a triumph because that means that we have a character who has withstood at least three years. How, how many characters that have been introduced in that early PS2 era can you remember? Do you remember Tack and the power of Juju? Do you remember Blinks and the Time Sweeper? Do you remember Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg? Like I remember Billy <laughs> Hatcher and the Giant Egg. Great song. Great opening song. But I, I just think that I, I was convinced that there's no way ukulele, the characters, would withstand the test of time. That is three years. But here we are on the cusp of the impossible lair. I think there's going to be a ukulele too. I think there is as well, and I think that it's going to be a very good game. I'm I'm convinced that it's going to be a Banji Tui level high for what Ukulele laid the groundwork for. Yeah, I would just love to. I I'm also I'm also kind of convinced that there's gonna be another banjo game. Dude, you're just clinging to that hope. I don't. Think but what does so. that look like, though? What does that look like with the people who? made banjo now at playtonic and the people at rare who made banjo aren't really there anymore i see now 
I think that what you, what you have is this isn't like maybe you have some of those original devs who are like there spiritually, but now you have a whole generation you have of people, a of people yeah. who grew up playing banjo who want to make that game on a triple A budget, who want to who want to have that experience, and they're not the people who might have originally made it, but they're the people coming out with fresh eyes who understood what they liked about it and can analyze it and have other games under their belt, right? And so I don't think you need the original team. You're right. You're you're a hundred percent. Look at Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild was developed by Nintendo, but also with Monolith Soft, the people who make Xenoblade Chronicles, which is a giant open world RPG, and Nintendo never made an open world RP- no, never made an open world before, and so they said, "You guys have done it. What if we just you make the world and we'll do like the mechanic stuff?" And they worked together to they they worked with people who grew up on Zelda to make the best Zelda. So in theory, the people who have um, the understanding of the mechanics and the core of banjo are still potentially at rare but then you have people like you who probably work at rare now who went to work to rare because they want to make a banjo so there is i think a similar comparison to draw there and i think that's super interesting but do you think that the thing that has always been like the the big sticking point for me in regards to banjo and even ukulele versus a mario is the move set because mario is very easily like they plant the flag that you have the full range of movement at the beginning of the game. You have every single move that Mario is capable of at the beginning of the game. Whereas in Banjo and Yuka, you have to purchase abilities. How do you feel about the abilities in something like Ukulele versus the abilities in Banjo? I I uh, <laughs> I miss bottles. Um, <laughs> no, I I'm fine with with having the gameplay where it evolves as you go back sometimes that that gives you kind of the metroid effect mm-hmm. of going back to earlier levels with advanced moves and then being like oh i couldn't do this earlier right which like isn't the case in mario which i think is arguably the better way to do it but i'm never i'm never chapped i, I never feel sanded down about that experience i'm i'm totally complacent with it and maybe complacent even sounds like too negative a word, but I, I'm totally okay. I'm, yeah, I'm totally. totally fine with, with the way that you learn a skill set in a, in a banjo or a yuka. I think it's just a different way to attack the same problem. I don't, I, I don't think one is necessarily better than the other. I think you might be able to argue that, that, that the way Mario does it is slightly better, but I wouldn't call it monolithically better. No, no, not at all. It's kind of a preference thing, and it's also a world design thing, so it just depends on what kind of a world you're making. Exactly. Um, I... I I really the first time I played ukulele I'm like this is scratching an itch I'm happy it exists I wish that it was better I wish it had more of a budget um, you know it, it's not a perfect game people aren't going to put it up on a pedestal like they did banjo people aren't going to remember it no one outside of the world who wants this game is going to be stumbling upon it and being like whoa look at this cool thing in 2020 there, aren't, there isn't like a, a generation of kids who are like wow I'm so excited for ukulele um and I don't like the mechanic of eating berries to transform him either. Like, I thought that was boring. Like, I liked in Banjo that I have a repertoire of Kazooie eggs that each have different functionality that were always with me. I like the puzzle opportunities that the ukulele, like, find the bush and do it. But it always felt like an arbitrary, here's a bush. I'm going to need it for this Yeah, KG. it's signposts really hard. It's yeah. like, you know, when you when you, when you you get that health refill before a boss fight, you're like, well, there's a boss fight coming. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's a bush of fire berries. I guess I need to use them somewhere within a two-minute walk. Like, and, and I think that I was pretty high on the game 
until I got to the ending. Because that last boss against Capital B, who's very fun. I like Capital B as a villain. I think he's very funny. I like that he's basically acknowledging he is the Kickstarter person. Mm-hmm. I think that's very clever. But man, what what a bad last boss that just drags on for so long. I, I assumed this boss would have three stages, but man... Three not stage, five not five or six where i'm just like oh my god and it's so long there's no health items which is fine it's not a hard boss but because the game and it's the only time the game showed its edges to me i feel like this boss was just so janky it's everything about it just felt like it was like am i playing a new game like this i feels didn't bro- have those problems this feels broken everything felt glitched in that last boss like the hitbox detection on capital B and going back to the other enemies, I feel like the only time I ever got hit by an enemy was because I feel like the hitbox just has a mind of its own in this game. But that's beside the point. This boss got glitched for me so much so it happened so many times that I almost just stopped because I was like, well, I'm at the last boss, whatever. It basically played the game. The boss would just go from phase three to phase four and then not proceed. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I did this without taking a hit, and now I just can't continue because the game soft locks. Like, come on. And I'm like, maybe I'm just bad at the game. And then there would be a point where, like, the boss would just change his behavior entirely. I'm like, that's like I'm fighting a new boss. What's going on right now? I don't understand. Ultimately, I did finally beat him. It was fine. Do you, do you know what happens when you open that giant button? There's, like, a giant button that's nearby. I didn't press it. You don't get to find out unless you actually press it. It's like the end of, uh, it's like the end of um, uh, getting over it. Like mm. you can't see it. Like like it, there's, there's like a no streaming zone allowed. Really? Like you can't. You got you got you got to earn it. To How do you get it? What do you do? Do you, do you what do you do? Do you have to get all the pages? You gotta just get all the pages. Oh God, I don't want to do that. Don't. What happened? Just look it up. What happened? I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody. <laughs> I'll look it up. I tried to look it up and I was like, how do I even search this Hivery Towers giant button reveal? <laughs> and that didn't do anything. Yeah, you got to do the right search. <laughs> um, ultimately, ukulele, I'm happy it exists. Is it a solid 7 out of 10 for me? Yeah, a, sol- a solid 7 out of 10. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'd even bump it up to a 7.5. I enjoyed my time with it. Yeah, I, I, it's better than a lot of games that I've played. It's better than Attack and the Power of Juju. But it's not as good as the highs of Banjo or really anything that is coming out these days that's like, wow, this is good. It's no Mario Odyssey. Nothing is a Mario Odyssey. <laughs> better than Breath of the Wild. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I stand by that. I will happily stand by that. I, I do... I do want to talk about the the next potential game for Garbage Game Club though because people have to, you know, they have to play the game. People people got to, you know, people got to put on in the, the next work game because I know that everyone listening puts in the work before they listen. I know the amount of games you make people buy they're like, "Oh fuck, I got to buy this now." You just got to <laughs> you got to go humble bundle stuff. You never know where I want to know if there's one person say. who's like they're talking about this game next, I got to buy it. I know that people do that. I just want to know who they are. <laughs> are people who are just listening to us while they're stoned and they're like, I like the way Nick's voice sounds. <laughs> uh, either way, it's fine. But what, what, is, uh, what are we doing next? What's the next game. What are we doing next? What's the next game? 
Is it gonna why, be? Why do you always put it on me? I, I try and I try and be nice I'm, and just. I've played like two hours of observation, which is like a six-hour game. I'm not. I haven't played any of observation yet. Um. What about? Uh, what if we? Okay. Hear me out on this. Hear me out on this. What if our next one we give people a, a reprieve because people are like, I can't buy another game because The Last of Us Two comes out this Friday, and that's where my sixty dollars is going. So what if we do a interim garbage game club where we talk about the games that didn't make the garbage game club cut, which will serve as the buffer for both me and you to play The Last of Us Part Two? Well, that means that that episode would come out next. That means that we would both have to finish. Nah, it might be tricky. That means that we would both have to finish the game. Maybe we do one more game before. What if we do one more game and then we do our games that didn't make it? We really gotta. We really have to talk about this before. Nah, this is great. This is great. As long as there's no silence, it's fine. I think that this you just gotta keep talking. This is just causing people. This is just causing people anxiety. And I'm trying really hard to give clues of what I was trying to fucking go for. Okay. And I'm just. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) Christ, Nick. (laughs) What if we? What if we doubled down on ukulele because it was available for free on the Epic Game Store? It was available for free on the. Epic Game Store. And what if we just tackle the entire ukulele franchise and play through ukulele in the impossible lair? I think that's a great idea because <laughs> and it's, and it's because not because Joey has it on his laptop. I was really trying to message that to you. I just thought you were trying to look up the release. Date. I, I put a question mark by it. Oh, I didn't even read that. Here, I should I should have typed. Do you want <laughs> to do? This I don't. I don't recognize week? clauses. They can't see what I'm typing in the <laughs> video on my laptop. So these are just notes for you. This is great though. I can play Impossible Air while I'm working. <laughs> yeah, I think. Hear me out. I think next. I think we continue on this ukulele train for a minute. We can really round it all nicely. We can talk about the Impossible Layer, which is a game that did come out not that long ago. It came out I'm in October of last year. I'm gonna beat it just from the get go. That's gonna be my goal. I'm gonna beat the Impossible Layer first try. You're not going to. I guarantee <laughs> you, you're not going to. So I want to play ukulele Impossible Layer so we can keep on the same train about ukulele. And instead of focusing on a Banjo Kazooie remake, we're focusing on now a Donkey Kong Country remake and seeing that if that game types to less luster. Because while I'm a bigger Banjo fan, Nick's a better bigger Donkey Kong fan. So I th- I know that. And in the ukulele cinematic universe, Nick's actually been more excited to play Impossible Lair than ukulele proper. So yeah, this one's got my attention. I think I think uh, we we can really spend even more time with these characters, round all out, and then uh, talk to you next week after after that, and then uh, then hopefully the week after when we all do The Last of Us, maybe 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 maybe. I think it'll happen. That, think that game is absolutely going to happen, a hundred percent. And then by the time that happens. Paper Mario will probably be out. No, Paper Mario's in a month. Oh, okay. I'll so, probably play Thousand Year Door though in that time. I should play Thousand Year Door. We're just we're just talking. We're just man. talking out loud. We're just thinking but, out loud. But hey, if you're listening to this on your free podcast freeloading feeds, consider backing us over on patreon.com slash cybergarbage where you'll get access to this podcast earlier than your feeds. Joey just uploaded an ass load of garbage game clubs to your podcast feeds, which has in turn eaten up all our bandwidth for 
a while. Yeah, I can't post anything else to the Spotify or Apple feed until the first of next month, or the first of July. So this episode, the episode after that, and the episode after that are all going to be just on Patreon until they can go back on the podcast app. So we're catching up, but boy, are you uh, you're, you're missing out if you're if you're not on Patreon. Yeah, so, just get it so early, thanks. baby. Get it early. Thank you for the support. We appreciate it. Uh, go play more ukulele games. Go support more games on Kickstarter. Go get excited for The Last of Us Two if that's your jazz. I'm sure it's most people's. And uh, yeah, have a good rest of your weekend. Don't get corona. Goodbye. Or if you do, like, don't meet other people with it. Wear a mask. Thank you.